can we here's a question can we send a piece of meat that is like scented by the hoss so that when we come to visit um you, you can feed one of the lions like this piece of meat and it will smell like hoss and when we get there the the the, the lion's just going to want a more hoss so we can get it on video and just laugh our fucking laws off at it I'm sure I've seen this in a touch of frost once. I'm sure I've seen it before. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Reptile and Chill. Tonight I am joined by the ever so sneezy and blowing his nose (laughs) off. Dan Haas and oh. the ever so deaf Danny Wells. Pardon? Yeah. Are you alright, mate? I love to speak up. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I can't hear a lot. So so just for the listeners, uh, uh so they're fully aware of what's just happened. Um before we sort of like did some sound testing with our guests Hoss decided to as we come off the live show to blow his hooter that hard <laughs> down the microphone Danny wasn't looking and had his head <laughs> but had his microphone in his only one good ear and he jumped <laughs> Look, I've got a perfect explanation <laughs> to why I'm feeling like this so, you frighten the life out of the poor guy mate so it's Wednesday the 25th of March and <clears throat> we're all off work because of lockdown and every bastard in the area cut their grass today. <laughs> it's got coronavirus written got, all over mate, it. Mate, it's hay fever, man. Like, everyone's cut the grass. I'm dying. Haas, yeah, yeah. I actually think you might have hit the nail on the head. I bet you there's loads of people self-isolating now because they're, they're, they're getting the, the effects of hay fever because so many people are at home cutting their oh, grass. Honestly, I was fine this morning, and then I spent a bit of time out in the garden, just just chilling out, relaxing, because it's been sunny today. And all you, all you hear is... Mm-hmm. No, stop doing that. I don't want it. Oh, what, is my... that? What, what is that noise? We um, forgot to tell the guest to put his, uh, his, his microphone on mute. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what that's what it is. You, it's not like we do that every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm not dying. I don't have corona. It's high fever. Yeah, I think. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the way things are at this moment in time, um, we've got to make everybody aware we are sort of like two weeks behind when the when the show's coming out. Things are changing on a daily basis at the moment. Um, all three of us. Our guest loves his coffee by the sound of it, and he's got a great coffee machine on the go. Thomas, when you listen back to this, I'd like to just tell you right now shut the fuck up. You're going <laughs> to kill yourself. <laughs> just, uh, just mute your mic for he's us, please. It. He's done it, bless okay. him. Thank it's you. our fault. We, we, we forget, we get all excited and we forget to tell the guests to mute the mic. Oh, okay. um, so we are two weeks behind at the moment. All three of us are basically at home now. Danny, are you... Are you... 
Um, I hope you don't know whether you're coming or going I, at the moment. I have no can. idea whether I'm coming or going. I mean, I've got a little bit of work tomorrow. I didn't have work today or yesterday. I don't think I've got work Friday. I don't know. It's weird. It's so weird. It feels like I've... You, you know when you just start up on your own and you're sort of freelancing and you, you don't know what, whether you've got work in or not, you know, and you've got this sort of coming in in bits. Yeah. It's like that. Wow. But, but it's weird because it's been constant for me for best part of six seven years so it's kind of hard to get get used to get my head around but <clears throat> it's one of them things isn't it um it is. i think I as, as of this, this week we're gonna just cut all ties of work completely it, it's a horrible situation um but i've had a really productive day so, yeah i yeah i'm getting a lot done around the house yes yeah, so i've had the had the baby i've um done a, i've well, i'll clean the baby the, the baby I've cleaned the windows. Um, I've been putting vivs together. I'm um, doing a bit of cooking. I decided to try and cut half my thumb off today with a new knife. That really hurts. Why not? I don't, I don't know if you're noticing the live feed, but every time I put my hand up, I've got this big like peach bandage on. I didn't notice it. Had we noticed that, we'd have give you some stick. Oh, mate, mate, I literally, like, yeah, I, I've, I've took, like, the, the tip of my thumb off, man. Good fun. And I just said on the live feed, between the three of us, we're all experiencing sort of like the effects of what's going on at the moment, all in polar opposite ways of each other. It seems you know, to be, Danny, yeah. yeah, Danny, Danny's self-employed and cool. and concerned about where the work's going to come in, and obviously you need to work to get to get the money in. Yeah. Um, Hoss is a driver, so he's been sent home. Um, doesn't know when he's going to be back at work again. Um, I work for a for a large construction company, so. I've had probably two of the most intense days I've ever had in my working career over the last two days. Because everyone's coming to you, I bet. Everyone. Every, like Mike, yeah. Whether it be manufacturers, the supply chain subcontractors on site, um, they all want to know what are we doing. Then I've got clients that want to know what we're doing i need to be in touch with them to find out what their new policies are and how they're going to be doing things we're listening to the government and 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 listening to guidance from them are we still going to be able to keep the sites alive um there's new guidance come out that if you are have if you have got a site you need to abide by these new site rules and if I'm honest with you, you know, social distancing is a massive problem when it comes to working on site, just yeah. because of the nature of the work, you know, a lots of work that people do, especially nowadays involves two people. You don't want loan working. You don't want the manual handling side of things. You want somebody holding it while somebody's fixing it. So I've had to go through so many questionnaires and, and literally itemize everything bit by bit and, it's, I mean, just to put it into perspective, I had 11, um, 11 uh, Skype conference calls yesterday and took 56 calls on my phone throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so Today's been pretty you, similar. When you told me that 56 calls on the phone, I was like, dude, that's a normal day. I call you about 40 <laughs> times a day. <laughs> have, have you, has any, has any, I caught myself thinking to myself uh, yesterday when I was getting a little bit bored. Um, <clears throat> I thought to myself, "Fuck me!" Only a month ago, I was thinking to myself, oh, I "Could use a break." You know, you know what? I was <laughs> now, saying, I was telling this to Mike, so I don't get sick pay. I uh, don't get any time off work really because my my days go off to like reptile stuff, Doncaster or herping trips or whatever, or band practice, uh, but gigs and whatnot. 
I don't mm-hmm. really get time off as such. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously this year I've been to Poland, uh, October I went to Turkey, and it's like, right, I'm screwed now, I've got no more holiday, but I need well, it. Where where are all these herping trips you've been to, Hoss, then? No, planned in for I've got book days off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, but isn't it weird that you, you, you're you literally sitting there thinking to yourself, oh, my God, a month ago was a walk oh, in the park. It's, it's great. I wish, it's not, I, wish it's I, could go, I wish I could go back to thinking, cool, this, uh, this routine, you know, getting up for work every day, life. I wish I could yeah. go back to that. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I woke up this morning. It was about half six, seven o'clock. And I, that's a line for me. And I was like, "Do I get? You know, do I get up? Do I have coffee? Do I have breakfast?" Um, well, it sounds like you got up earlier than that. I keep fucking yawning. I can't help it, mate. It's just... <laughs> you should open a window in your bedroom. No, because then it just goes. Because I live by a road, don't I? So. Um, well, I should imagine we all live by a road, mate. Yeah, but you don't live in Kingston, do you? You have dickheads going up and down no, the road. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it. It's not. I'm just not a really busy road house. I'd, I'd open it up. I mean, it's got to be better than listening to you yawn all and, night. And that stink. <laughs> Does your bedroom smell like a teenage boy's? I, I said to you guys today, didn't I? <laughs> I said, I've been stuck in, like, my office is my reptile room, so obviously it's pumping out a bit of heat. And I've just been that busy. I said, I feel like a teenage gamer that's just been locked in his room. You smell, you smell oh, like me. smell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when you go into game or a shop like that, and you go, mm, you pick up that. Even the people working behind the till, they smell the same as well. That <laughs> stink smell of bo. <laughs> so, for, for any listeners that live work at Game Station or Game or anything like that, um, that is the opinion of Michael Phelps and not Reptile and Shell. Yeah, and my other my other opinion is go and have a fucking bath. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so. <laughs> oh, I've, I don't even know what to do today. Like my whole, I've not been you at know work. Exactly what, you know exactly what you want to do, Hoss. Doesn't he, Dan? No, I'm not doing it. What? <laughs> I'm putting my oh, foot yeah. down. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> Sorry, I was miles away there. I was I was <laughs> drinking my um, Yazoo strawberry. Oh, um, my kids love there Yazoo's. are There are other... Um, Fridge. What oh, the... F- like the funny thing is, is we can hear that, but I bet he's muted his mic on the recording, so nobody else is going to hear that. That is so loud to all the listeners. If you can imagine getting hit in the face by a seven four seven, that is pretty much what wild, that sounds like. Wild, <laughs> a, a wild elephant is 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 going <laughs> down your ear. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> like that. That's what it sounds like in our ear holes. It is hideous. <laughs> oh. Hideous. Right, okay. Absolutely. So I'm going to hit you with the worst page you've oh, ever been hit with now. So I've, I've, I've got to go get the book. Yeah. You better go and get the book. Do I'll you know give what? you the book. Well, she you get your, your book, uh, I haven't really got a news feature tonight, but can I just say. job properly. Can I just say, um, it's we're two weeks behind <laughs> here, but we're sort of like, I just. The thing is, we're going to be showing our support for the NHS workers at the moment, uh, who are really sort of like putting a lot of things on the line, going out and working in some of these hospitals. Um, it's been terrible in Italy and Spain, in China. Um, some of the other parts of the world are catching up quickly. And um, we just wanted to say that we really, really appreciate 
all the hard work um, that, that, that they are doing. I know tomorrow night um, I've put my Christmas lights up, and I believe you have as well, haven't you, Hoss? I, I have indeed. We had ours on last night as a trial run. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't take mine down. <laughs> I've left the Christmas lights outside the house, so I'm going to plug them back in. They're going on tomorrow. We're so all going to applaud. That's a proper like traditional king standing thing to do, that is, mate. You probably is remember anyone... your roots. Here's a question. Um, yeah. I know we're, we are a couple of weeks behind, as you said, Phelps, and when this goes out, you know, it might, you know, um, that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Us trying to keep it yeah. ahead, but being slightly behind when it comes out. But um, I think today, I think tomorrow, um, I'm going to fill out the form online to volunteer for the NHS as, you know, driver, deliverer. Oh, you may. Um, yeah, I think so. There's a, uh, one of the lads at work has done it. He said, you know, he's, he feels that he's fit and healthy enough to get over yeah. the virus if it does hit him. So what? What? Why? Why? You're not? in the low risk category, uh, mate. So, I applaud you if you if you do that. That is amazing. <clears throat> Obviously, I can't at the moment with my job because I'm I'm still working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's absolutely fantastic. My wife's working in a hospital, as I've said. Um, so she'll be doing her bit. Uh, I'll be here looking after the kids. Mm. Um. But, uh, mate, fair play. I applaud you for, for, for doing that because uh, yeah, we need lots of people, I think, at this moment in time. We don't realise it yet, but uh, I, I know a load of retired uh, NHS workers have come out of retirement and volunteered to come forward, which is absolutely fantastic. You know. Yeah, I've seen those memes. So, uh, yeah, it was just a big shout-out to everyone who's going to be doing their bit um, on the front line. So, yeah, we, we applaud you at Reptile and Chill. Yeah. Right, okay, so that's a positive thing. Now mm-hmm. the most negative part of the show. <laughs> Hit me up with a number. Come I on. think this is a positive, personally. Not, I can't breathe at the moment. My nose is all blocked up. I don't know what to do with myself because my routine's all messed up. And you want to ruin my life even more. Crack on. Go okay. on. Um, I've got a, I've got a go nice, on. easy one. Okay. Danny, I don't know if you've got one already, mate. If you have, crack on. Um, 244. That's Python Regis. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, what a stunning snake that is. Lovely, isn't it? Oh, my word, it doesn't look real. Mm. Oh, wow. Telescopus. Simeon Nulatus. Simeon Nulatus. Nulatus. Mm. That's a, that's a tough one. Simeon Latus. Simeon Nulatus. Simeon. Simeon Nulatus. You were doing well at the start and then you've just totally messed it up. Simeon Nulatus. <laughs> It's the way it goes up at the end, like you're asking a question. (laughs) I am asking a question. Like we're going to help you. No, we're just going to sit here and listen to you fluff it up. It's an Eastern Eastern Tiger snake. (laughs) It is from, I need more light, so I can't fucking read this. It's from Southern and Eastern Africa, South Africa, Swaziland, Botswana, Namibia, Zambia, Mozambique, basically everywhere. Um, Tanzania, Kenya, Zimbabwe, Malawi. It's a rear-fanged, mildly venomous species that likes to eat lizards, small mammals, and birds. 
Um, is it on the DWA? Or is it like um, Mangrove? Yeah, so I, can... I would say it's classed as like a like a um, same sort of venom as like the cat snakes. So yeah, yeah, probably, boy, probably, probably not. Um, um, I don't know. I don't know. That, they, under, got, they underestimated the uh, they underestimated the boom slang for a long time, didn't they? Yeah, true. I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen these in Captive Ears also. And it's got tiger in its name, so that would also make you shit yourself, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's an Eastern tiger snake. Just what? It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes out tigers. So yeah. But it's got it's got a very viper type, you know, like a viper's head. Yeah. That broad bottom of the head because it's like an arrow shape isn't it but uh i i think we should do 383 because it looks cool no i'm not even looking at it Hoss. it looks cool i've got one here 178 oh, can you look at 383 178 383 yeah i'll give you that that's cool one seven eight, yeah. One seven eight. That is actually a nice snake cost. That's a good find. Lept Leptophis. What? You're on the wrong page again. One two. One, what? One, one. You can't even listen, let alone talk. <laughs> one seven eight. One seven eight. One one eight eight. Well, hey, it was Danny that got deafened by there. you blowing your nose earlier. <laughs> <laughs> One seven eight. Ooh. Okay. One one eight. Hello. <laughs> one one eight. Come and help us. <laughs> one one eight. One one eight. One one eight. So that's a hapsidophrys, samaragdinus, samaragdinus. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, Os. This is good. <laughs> Do it again. Hapsidophrys Samar Gradinus. Um, and for Mike, for Mike Grad taking a Gradinus. Mike, how do you say it? Hapsidophrys Samardrigenus. Samardrigenus. No. <laughs> I would say the, the I would say the the GD is like J like dod like dodge so Samara um, genus Samara genus yeah right so it's, it's, it's the emerald snake from Central Africa Gambia Uganda um gotta be a tweed tr a tweed dweller yes I think so uh, that's a pot looking snake it eats lizards and frogs. <laughs> Um, it's a colubrid. It's green. That's about it. Yeah, big, big eyes, which means usually that they hunt of an evening. I have one more, and you guys are going to like this one. It's just, it's a, it's a, um, I, th I think uh, in the same family as like the vine snakes. Uh, I haven't actually looked into it, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing here. One eight eight. One eight eight on Marco Shea's The Book of Snakes, Life Side Guide to Six Hundred Species from Around the World. Mm-hmm. That one. Mm -hmm. Leptophis. Oh God. 
<laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> he was like quite confident with the oh, lip toffees. I I tola I tola. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how they would. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure uh, how it uh, should be. Where's it from? Where's it from? Rock okay. No, I I think you'd turn the H into a W, so it'd be um, Awe Tula. Awe Tula. Hate Tula. Hate Tula. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you walked seven miles. Do well. Well, it's <laughs> not because I, I, I was. I was saying if it's if it's mm-hmm. African, then it's Le Tula. But it's not. It's, <laughs> it's from South America, so it's not. That's that's wrong. Um, so it's from North, Central, and South America, Southern Mexico, in Argentina. It's a rear-fanged, mildly venomous species. It eats frogs, lizards, snakes, birds, and their eggs and insects. It eats fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the green parrot snake, absolute fucking stunning snake. Now. That is the scales on it. I'd like to hold not. that to see how what it feels like because keeled. I reckon it's keeled. It, 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 yeah, it, I mean... it is. It's a large slender snake with keeled scales arranged in a big room. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Again, a rear fang, mildly venomous snake, Mm -hmm. the uh, the second one we've had tonight. Again, I think think they're in the same um, family as fine snakes. So um, the venom is probably sort of pretty gnarly, but not, you know. But again, yeah. as we said a million times, you know, treat anything as if it's deadly. Yeah, definitely. Right, Absolutely. Okay. So I've had enough yeah, of that bullshit okay. anyway. Um, Thomas Chipperfield, are you there? I am, yeah. Oh, do you know what, Tom? I was a little bit worried then because you actually did put your uh, microphone on mute. We usually hear the odd snigger in the background and because uh, there was nothing there, we was a little bit worried that you weren't you weren't there with us. No, 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 it's okay. I put it on while I was watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I nearly finished it before you called me on. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, mate, we are sorry, but we, we did have to just take the mickey out of Hoss for a little bit there. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. I've got, I've got to say, though, to, um, to Hoss, when he wrote to me this morning to ask if I would come on, I said, hang on, let me check my schedule. And this is the second day into the lockdown with coronavirus and he waited so patiently for me to <laughs> fell for it hook line and sinker I've never called a bloke sweet before but I'll make an exception for Haas well to be honest I thought you might have been like some form of like I don't know big cat husbandry spectacular clean out or something because like the end of the, end of the world's happening um, but yeah fuck yeah thanks so anyways <laughs> no and yeah, carry on, mate. Sorry, go on. No, no, you. No, first. no, no. I was just saying, any time for you guys. Okay, so Thanks, well, welcome to the show. Um, obviously, me and Mike have um spoke to Tom quite a few times. I don't think Danny's actually had the pleasure of meeting him. Um, Not so, yet. So Tom's a bit of um, he's got a bit of a a, a history, uh, especially in his family name being the Chipperfield. Um, so oh. do you want to get into who you are, who your family are, and what you're about? Okay, yeah, well, uh, I'm from the Chipperfield family, as you say, and it was at one point the largest uh, circus in Europe, and my great-uncle was the man who pioneered the drive-through safari parks in this country, which then became famous around the world, uh, starting at Longleat and covering every safari park in the UK except for Whipsnade and Windsor. 
and wow. from then I've taken over the uh, the family tradition of training animals. My speciality is big cats, but I also work with other exotics and domestics. Hmm. That's quite uh that's quite an introduction, mate. That is, you know, uh, I I didn't know that. I knew you you had a big circus background. I didn't realise that they pioneered in starting all the um, you know, the drive through wildlife parks that 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 we all love going to to today. Yeah, no, that was my great uncle Jimmy Chipperfield. Like I said, he started at Longleat. I think he approached uh, Woburn first, but they weren't keen on the idea. This is in his book, My Wildlife. Um, uh, he went to Longleat and Lord Bath thought it was a brilliant idea and suddenly everyone was on board again. So, as I say, <laughs> we Safari Park, Knowsley, then Blair Drummond and Lockleoman in Scotland and uh, yeah, I think, like I said, uh, Windsor was actually opened by the Smart Circus family and then Whipsnade, I'm not too sure about the origins of. Wow, good old Lord Bath. If anybody was going to break the uh, the tradition and 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 go with something, it would have been him, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, well he's he's quite the man. Although I think it was his father who oh, was okay. Lord Bath at the time, because this was I believe back in the sixties. It yeah. was either the sixties or the very early seventies, but I'm inclined to think the sixties. Mm, could still have been him. I don't know. Interesting to find out, but yeah, fantastic. Okay, so yeah. so where, where do we start with you, mate? Because there's there's so much we can talk about, and we've not got enough time to cover it all. Um, so what what do you what do you currently do um, for a, li a living or sort of surrounding your your work as a big cat trainer? Well, at the minute, uh, my focus is on media work with my animals as well as with my partner Celine who who Dan and Mike have met we do little bits and pieces of consultancy work for private keepers and then also uh, my father and I assisted in a small zoo that was opening up in Lincolnshire so it's that type of work and then I also do go abroad and work with other people's animals when those contracts come up I actually turned down a contract in Italy earlier in the year due to personal circumstances I'm I'm quite glad I turned that one down now, given how, how bad it's got in Italy, but that is the nature of my work. Unfortunately, with England in January of this year bringing in a ban on the use of wild animals in travelling circuses, I can't, I can't do what I've always done in that sense, but in a bizarre turn of legislation, I'm perfectly allowed to take my big cats to say a county show and put on a circus act there and that's legal wow that's uh yeah that doesn't make sense if i'm honest with you <clears throat> uh, no, i should i should imagine you're quite you know everything's quite controlled when you when you do it sort of like in your own backyard should we say um but then the, the, the laws change for you not to be able to do that, um, but you can go, like you say, to the county fairs and, 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 and carry it out there. How do you take a big cat um, out for the day? <laughs> well, we do have purpose-built portable enclosures for that, like the night den and then outdoor run, and they've got climbing platforms, scratching posts, pools, hanging toys, and then we'll also put up all sorts of foliage and other enrichment for them. So 
and they're quite used to traveling as well being from a circus background they <clears> spend <throat> most of the time sleeping how, how how many how many dirty looks would I get if I took a tiger for a walk on a lead uh, quite a few from the police because <laughs> I believe but police... let's, let's face it they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything are they well, I don't know. Right, they did on. something because I think it was in West Brom. Is that some guy who kept a lion and used to walk it on a lead, and it's because of him that the Dangerous Wild Animals Act came in. Honestly, oh, I didn't realise it was a... West Bromage. I, I believe that. Thanks, that's the thanks story. to him. Yeah, thanks so we, to him. We, he had to ruin it for yeah. everyone. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> just, imagine that I situation. I always appreciate it. <laughs> who, who do they ring? Because the RSPCA are not dealing with it. <laughs> who do you ring? Like, like I'm walking around with this tiger. I'm like, and there's these cops are like looking at me, like they they want to stop me. And I'm like, yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like, who's seriously, who, who are you gonna call? The fucking I ghost was waiting busters? for someone nah. to say that. I was waiting for someone to say who you're gonna call. I was praying <laughs> to say that. Thing, thing he says, say for instance, I had um, I don't know, I had a lion or, or or whatever, and I was walking down the road with it. They'd probably ring Tom. Like you'd, you'd be nice yeah. to be called for something like that. You be, know what I mean? Like, yeah, and you'd be like, bad, you'd be like, look, I'm, I'm complete morals of me keeping big cats. I can't come and take the big cat off him. It's not fair because I want to walk mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, to be fair, I want everyone to adhere to the Dangerous Wild Animals Act, and it's it's only proportionate that you don't walk them on a lead through like through Birmingham city centre. But uh, no, it's. It's funny you say that, Tom, because you said about that guy walking wild animals through West Brom. I went to West Brom last week, and uh, they're still walking wild animals around with them as we speak. Um, they call them kids now, but uh, they are definitely <laughs> wild animals. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, these kids in trams when you come <laughs> They watch, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, to be fair, some of them are still kept on leads, though. Some of those yeah. yeah, some of them are still being breastfed as they walk down the uh, the high street and they're about six years old as well. <laughs> I, I used to work in West Brom and I have actually seen that. <laughs> is breastfeeding in Birmingham anything like it is in Kings Lynn? Where... I, I, haven't, I haven't got an issue with breastfeeding whatsoever. No, well, yeah, but the breastfeeding over here usually consists of, um, you know, um, young girl on the bus... Uh, three kids, and she's breastfeeding one of them with a cow of Red Bull. Oh. That's usually what it consists of. That's pretty much the best you get over here. Oh, I'm going to get absolutely lynched for this. My dress <laughs> okay, so let, let's talk about something slightly serious. So, Tom, what, are you, what are you currently keeping? At uh, so the minute, I'm keeping only one tiger, two... African lions. I believe we've got eight parrots, but we've just had a clutch of eggs. Then we've also got two foxes, a couple of snakes, a bearded dragon for like you know the real hard men. Hardcore. Um, yeah. yeah. Where is it? Where? Is it? Sorry, I mi- I must have fallen asleep. Where is this? This isn't we, at your home. Yeah, yeah. What? So you've got li- you've got li- li- lions in your home. Yeah, yeah, just, just out that front door. Did you did you what? hear did you hear the um the fear in his voice thing? You've got the lions. Oh no, quite the contrary. I I'm really excited. I I fucking absolutely love cats. 
Yeah. I, 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 I it's my dream. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own a lion. One day. Yes. Yeah, Danny, you do love cats, don't you? Mm, I, I, I do absolutely yeah. love the pussies. Oh God, you've dropped already. I've, I've <laughs> got to admit, I. I, I looked into, is it Genex? Genex, what they call their cats? Um, Genrex. Genrex. Oh, no, Genrex. No, no, it's Gen- Genex. He's Genex cat, isn't it? We don't oh, probably know what you're talking about, Hoss. Huh? So you've you lost me there. Oh, no, Genex, uh, they're um, related to civets, aren't they? Yes, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I did. Um, I think I'm not a biologist. I'm just an animal trainer. Yeah. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of almost got talked into getting some by Mark Plymouth once, and I was thinking like these are amazing. They're not too expensive. I can do this. Then I realised what it is, how much room it needs, and I could just. No, I can't do it. Um, so to keep tigers and lions and that kind of thing, the amount of space and the, the amount of money it must cost as well to feed them and keep them must be mm-hmm. must be incredible. Oh, they uh, they do eat a fair bit, but then that being said, uh, when we in the winter when the weather's just really unbearable, we do lighten the training load on them so they're not using the calories and they will they will eat less. So in the winters they're actually cheaper to feed. Like you know okay, now, so... now the weather's picking up, we'll be training a lot more, and that's when they'll be getting fed quite sizable portions. What are we talking about when we come to food? I mean, we talk usually, you know, ones on a large rat, some of our reptiles, you know, some of the bigger retics might be on rabbits. But but what's your, you know, you must have one big freezer. Yeah, we uh, we do keep a freezer full of of all sorts of meat. Their favourite is pork, but we also get lots of horse meat in, and then. Um, sheep cattle all of that sort of thing but in terms of portions weekly and uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to throw you under the bus Hoss but we're talking about two dans a week in terms of portions wow that's a lot Just two, two hosses you guys is that yeah, per, two, per two cat two, two, two dan hosses I should say is that per yeah. cat or for the three no, that would be for the three. And for the listeners who don't know Dan, he's quite a tall fella. He's, I'm glad well, you said tall. He, Thank you. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's tall. He's tall. Horse is six foot four or whatever it is, and he's as round as he is tall. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a big old dude. I can't say anything because I'm, 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 I'm not as tall as horse, but I'm, I'm a big bloke as well. Well, well I, I figured out the other day. Mike, and I don't know if you know this, but because of your age, my BMI score is better than yours. Because of my age? Because you're Ooh, old. That's it. That's fine. Yeah, 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 it probably, it probably is, mate. Yeah. yeah. Have a fight. I don't, I don't know what you, try, what, what you want to prove. We are, we, are only, <laughs> we, are, we are only two points separated, mind. But, but, but if it's a win, I'm taking it. You don't, you don't know what my BMI is? Well, you're... You said to me the other day you're about nineteen and a half stone. I didn't. And you're about four foot three. Phelps. <laughs> I didn't say that at Fuck all. Hell. I've never been nineteen and a half stone in my life until I got on the scales this morning. And I haven't told you that. <laughs> I was always seventeen and a half. Yeah. God damn you, Corona lockdown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all I've done is eat. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so- 
Go on, Sorry, Mark. you carry on. Uh, that 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 that's a lot of food. Um, that's it, it, that's going to be quite costly. Um, now we all keep exotic animals of uh, one form or another. We know lots of people that keep sort of like foxes and raccoons and 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 all sort of like exotic mammals, and they don't get that much stick, Tom. But as we know, people who keep large cats, for some reason, they get a hell of a lot of stick, especially circuses. And I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. You know, people will think, oh, these animals, they should be out in the in the world. But when you think about it, if they've got that thought process on on big cats, you know, keeping foxes, keeping reptiles, you know, some big monitors, it's all, they're all pretty much come under the same sort of like, same thought process really if you're thinking like that way but those people don't seem to come under the scrutiny that you do um and i know in the past you've sort of like done quite a lot to sort of like try and put over your side of the story to other people do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely and the thing is this inconsistency that people have i don't want to call it hypocrisy because that implies that it's it's deliberate and malicious but people just don't seem to have the self-awareness about it like people keep like as, as I've said uh, earlier about parrots and stuff even budgies you know they're like you know they're they're what you could consider to be like quasi or semi-domesticated because they've been kept for like the better part of 200 years but that's not long in terms of evolutionary times we've been keeping big cats for just as long if not longer so yeah. the only difference is that big cats are quite harder to look after a lot more specialized and because of that, just a lot less relatable. And as well, people have a real affection for tigers and lions because they look so cuddly and cute and lovely, which they are. But they also have the potential to do you some serious harm as well. Yeah, it's it's the three but, three to four inch teeth that kind of does the, uh, the damage, isn't it, really? No, the claws would be the one that does the more damage, I would contend. 100%, yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that. It's like birds of prey. People go, oh, look at the size of that beak. You ain't got to worry about the beak. That won't do anything. The talons will do some serious damage. And like you say, we bears, tigers, lions. It's exactly the same principle, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. There's like, This is why you you hear about in the in the Far East and... Uh, places in the developing world when they have wild animals about declawing and stuff they like you don't because if they if they can't grab you they're relatively like you know they're they're a lot less dangerous because you all you have to do is keep the head away and that's not good practice that any respectable animal trainer would recommend but yeah that it's on that basis i would say that the claws are far more dangerous than the teeth you still don't want the teeth in your neck but I would still contend that you have to watch the claws a lot more than anything else. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. wouldn't think that. So um, we but... go on. Sorry, Tom. No, so I was just going back onto your second point about trying to explain and justify what I do. Like, yeah. Like I came to the UK seven years ago now, back in 2013. I'd grown up in Ireland where I'd worked for a circus with my parents I took over from them with the wild animals and slowly taking over everything else and then it was in the news about England introducing a ban on wild animals in traveling circuses so we came back intentionally to campaign against that and to just try and raise awareness about the 
the, the slippery slope that this could lead to because the, the, the background of the ban is that the government declared they couldn't introduce a ban on wild animals in travelling circuses on welfare grounds because they, the British government itself had already conducted research into the matter and found that there weren't any inherent welfare problems in the lifestyle. That's outside of like, bad practice from individuals which exists in every industry or way of life. So based on that, the government then turned around and said, well, we'll pursue a ban on ethical grounds. Now, for anybody with any sense of liberal principles, that sounds incredibly dangerous because if they can do that against people like myself, they can easily go after private keepers of other exotics. And you're starting to see that now with push to ban the keeping of primates. And then even in the Daily Mail recently, the calls for um, venomous snakes to be prohibited from private ownership. Yeah. So people just don't see where this is leading. It is a lit trail of gunpowder that is coming after everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to talk about as much as I can to people like yourself. I know you guys know this anyway, but to like, you yeah. know, listen, you may not be aware of what's going on in the bigger picture. And then also other people. I always bring this up when I talk to the media. Yeah, and like you say, um, it's quite an easy target and they'll probably get a lot of support when they talk about big cats, like you say, just because the way we feel about them, automatically we think that they should be out in the wild, but then don't necessarily bring it home to what we're keeping at home. Um, and I, like you say, you're trying to, to bring that in to say, look, guys, they're, they're, they're doing it to, to, uh, on this scale. Uh, it's exactly the same as what, what you're keeping. You talked about parrots and birds. I mean, when you talk about the room that they need, you need a hell of a lot of room to fly a bird. You know, I know people that keep um, birds of prey that take them out flying and you need sort of like a good, you know, uh, permission of 50 acres just to get out there and fly them and give them the exercise they need. And uh, that's something that people don't look into, is it? A lot, uh, a lot of the time to fly a bird, you need permission from someone. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. chances are you ain't got that land yourself. Yeah, abs absolutely. So, so we know you sort of like go out and 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 you you try and educate people. Obviously, you must come up against um, a lot of stick with people protesting about what you what you do or what you did when it was when you was doing the circus thing. Tom, I, I've seen some pictures of you um, where you're sort of like taking on some of the aunties face to face and trying to educate them. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, and th this sort of just does touch on the point I previously made. You have you have like average everyday people, and then you have some of the most intelligent people around who just completely lose their sense of judgment when it comes to discussions over animals. And whether it's like full-on vegan animal rights activists who think that no one should have anything to do with animals based on some arbitrary moral principle just down to well-meaning people and like aside from what we do with our educational shows and the like to like highlight conservation issues with all sorts of animals it's just talking about people's right that they should have provided they have the means and the knowledge and the ability to keep these animals and to work with them to just for their own purposes because if anyone can do the right thing they should be able to do the right thing and it becomes very difficult when you talk to people who are very ideologically entrenched. I did 
I did a, a debate of sorts for Lad Bible. It could have been about six, seven, eight months ago oh, now. I remember this. Me and, you, me and you spoke about this at one of the society meetings, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, it was a, it was a program called Agree to Disagree, which was a very good format. It's uh, it's uh, opponents across a table. Propositions are put to them by the producers, and you say whether you agree, strongly agree, or the inverse. And then you argue your case. And this person who I was sat across from, I forget her name, but she was she was she was a vegetarian and she was involved in shelters and she'd worked for the Born Free Foundation, but she was still quite moderate and she was she was aware of the more extreme side of the animal rights movement, but she was still she was still quite hard to reach on various points. Like she, she didn't understand the uh, the concepts like she, we talked about working elephants in Asia, for example, and the dialogue I've had with people out in Thailand who work with elephants and people in Sumatra who work with elephants, and the and the arguments always made. Well, we've all seen how these videos of elephants being mistreated, and you don't want to be involved in any industry that has that as its seedy underbelly, and and I tried to make the point that but this happens with dogs as well, and you're all you've just said that you're all for keeping. And, and to an extent working with dogs, but dogs would probably be one of the most mistreated animals in human care. So if that's the, like, if you want to apply that precautionary principle, you, like, you should be starting with dogs. I'm not saying you should, but as I say, like, you know, this person was very, she was very pleasant, she was very respectful, but it's still very hard to get through to people. Yeah, but, plus, so plus, plus as well, let's, let's look at, you know, I've, I've got no actual statistics on it but let's look at uh, dogs that are treated badly or poorly around the world compared to lions or elephants or whatever there's a heck of a lot more dogs that are being mistreated than there are these so perhaps that's a bigger issue what why why is that tiger or elephant or whatever's life more valued than a than a dog's morally you know what I mean? Uh, it's, um... Yeah, I don't think it is, um, but I think it's just the way of the world, the way things are brought up in the media. Um, we've seen it loads with snakes, haven't haven't we? You know, it's easy to put a snake into media and make out that it's this terrible creature. It's exactly the same, but just a flip side of it. When you're talking about sort of like big exotic cats, cats being treated cruel, cruelly, um, it, it, it's it's exactly it's, it's just media creating what they think is a better story that people all, all read. Definitely. I took um, a bit of an interesting question, and it may be one that you've, you have thought about yourself growing up especially. But obviously, you, you were pretty much born into this, this lifestyle. You know, and your, your parents and your family were animal trainers and involved in circuses. But do you, do you think if you were born into, I don't know, um, my family or Danny's family or Mike's family, do you do you think it's built into you that you'd want to work with animals or do you think it was influenced? <laughs> to to be honest with you, I'm, I, I think the, the combination of, of nature and nurture is there to what ratio, I don't know, but I just know that I always did want to work with the animals. The, the, there was never any pressure there and I was... Like I was brought up with my cousin who was raised virtually as my brother and he went off and did his own thing and he's, he works in the circus but not with animals and he likes being around animals but he openly says to me, I prefer not having my life like 
revolve around that responsibility and that's that's fine and we were brought up in virtually identical circumstances i just always had a liking for animals so that's what i wanted to do if if for say yes i was born into a family that weren't involved with animals my, my fate could have been very very different but uh, I, I can't really answer your question with any real certainty about no, no, no. you know what made me you've, you you haven't known any different have you Tom yeah, really? but I was, I was saying, with you having your your cousin who's almost raised as a brother it just that just basically proves you know well, not proves but explains what I was trying to ask um the fact that he went down this path and you went down yours and it wasn't um sometimes you hear with um certain families and they kind of like well this is what we do and you've got no choice and then you kind of like lump it and you learn to love it um, but it's nice to hear that it actually was what you wanted to do from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing. This is a, and I know this is not what you're saying, but this is a charge that is often thrown at me by the animal rights lobby that, well, of course he's going to say this. It's, uh, it's in his vested interest, and he's also been conditioned to think like this by his abusive family. And the, and the loaded language always comes with the <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. So, Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, this is the type of thing that's always thrown at you. And well, so what if my family have worked with animals? And so what if that's what influenced my decision? The important thing should be that I'm looking after them to the appropriate degree, which mm-hmm. by all accounts, based on the veterinary inspections I've had, of which there's been a lot, the, the concerns over the well-being of my animals have just not been there. And that's yeah. based on the fact that I've never had any citations, any cautions, or faced prosecution under any animal welfare legislation. Okay, so Tom, sorry, mate. I've got a, a, a re- I think an interesting question. Being brought up in a circus family, educationally, um, I mean, you're coming across as a very, very intelligent guy. Did you have the same schooling as everybody else, or was it done totally different? Was you travelling around and you just thought, by I don't know somebody in the circus? Did you pick up life skills throughout through off everybody? I, I I don't know. I'd love to find out. No, in Ireland they had a very very good program for circus and fairground children, where a local school teacher would come to the circus and tutor. The, the school the, the circus or fairground kids so we did that for, through our primary school years and then in the winter months when we weren't touring we would go into a classroom and then after that I started a correspondence course for my I wanted to do my GCSEs and I dropped out of that because I wanted to commit more of my time to the animals so I'm probably the least educated person you've had on the podcast um, you don't sound it. You sound very eloquent. So it just shows, you know, if people are struggling at school and thinking, "Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm struggling with my lessons," and and you know, there's, it's not the be all and end all, uh, and, and that's what I'm trying to point out. You know, going to school every day in that classroom environment. There's so many different ways of learning. You've only um, got to look at Hoss. It's not. <laughs> it's not everything. <laughs> but, and and the reason why it's important I, I, obviously with what we're going through at the moment there's loads of kids at home my daughter she is she gets worried about the fact that she's not sticking to a timetable that's been set out but we're not in that school environment at the moment billy he's he's he's, he's my son he's totally different he doesn't care 
Um, but you can be taught so many different life skills, especially at this moment in time, by just going out, especially looking at the animals, observing them, you know, trying to do some educational stuff with your animals. And it, and it's all, you know, it, it's all education. Well, it is, yeah. Like I was, I was very lucky with, aside from the, the program I mentioned about the school teachers coming up, my mother was also, she was very, very good and committed to myself and my cousin who she had a hand in bringing up just for us to be as well schooled as possible and then I think a, I think a portion of that is also down to the fact that my father went to public school in his youth so I think my mum sort of wanted me to, to to live up to a certain standard of that it's not that my father was necessarily judgmental it's just my mum wanted me to be as good as I could be so I was very lucky with that yeah. that that I had someone as committed to my well-being as my mum was. Yeah, and and you just spoke about your mum there, mate. And I know not too long ago you lost her, unfortunately. Um, you put some photos up, and I, I was absolutely amazed looking through the photos throughout the history. What she's actually done and achieved was absolutely phenomenal. So we should really give her a, a mention. I'm sure you'd want to. No, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. My my mum was my mum was a very special woman who she basically lived the the circus dream. She left home when she was fifteen, joined a travelling circus in her native Australia, and just basically climbed up the ladder to the point where she was quite a prominent aerialist, and then also working with the animals. That's where she met my father. They travelled the world. And she was involved in quite significant events like the reopening of Gibraltar. And wow. she was part of a circus company that were the first to enter the country. So she she was there and she did a lot of things in her time that people who were born in the business didn't get to do half of. But that yeah. was just because of her ambition and her drive. That's really yeah. amazing to hear that is. Okay, so I know... I know Mike wants to talk about animal training, but before we get into that, what what does it take to be um, a lion tamer, or maybe even someone who keeps big cats? You know what? Massive balls. Yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for you. <laughs> like really massive. You know, like, like you know, bowling balls. Da- Danny you know, here, you know, like the sixteens. Yeah, Mister <laughs> Danny Wells here. If he ever wins the lottery, he's going to end up buying a lion. Um, so what I want you to do is convince him what he either needs to do or basically that he shouldn't. Not going to happen. He's I'm going to get one. Big enough. I'm getting <laughs> one. Oh, I'm getting two, three. <laughs> three, three okay. as, long, as long as you hire us for the consultancy work, I'll help you. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm hiring you to build my enclosures and everything. This is going to be okay. epic. All right, very good. We, uh, we do prefer um, Nest Cafe with McVitie's digestives on our break. <laughs> Not, Perfect. Not the, not you know, you know what? Like Danny, we'll, Mate, find, we'll find someone else. He, he doesn't like hobnobs. Fuck I was going to say, what about hobnobs? Because I keep a serious collection of hobnobs. Chocolate coated? Yeah, of course. Deal. Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorted. Okay, should we get back to the topic at hand? Danny's no, currently. No, I'm really yeah. excited right now. <laughs> Danny's currently scrolling through Lion Trader. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. I am. I've, I've, um, I've just, I've just purchased all my fencing and wire. <laughs> yeah, it's so, coming next week. So, coming for the guys. Obviously, firstly, we need to find somewhere to acquire 
said animal, then I'm guessing there's some form of licensing, um, insurance, land, um, enclosures, the lot. Do you want to run us through the process of how you keep a lion in captivity? Well, the Dangerous Wild Animals Act allows you to keep um, any any big cat lawfully. Uh, you also, yes, have to have the right insurance. I'm, uh, I've got very good insurance, actually. I've got £10 million worth of cover for working with my animals. And then, yeah, making sure you've got secure enclosures because the Dangerous Wild Animals Act is very concerned about safety. And then you also have to have a very expensive vet come out to make sure that you know what you're doing and that the animals aren't going to escape and hurt someone. That's mad. So, Rich. That, that's the start, anyway. But but and, and I would I would I would fully back all that because it sounds like that's that's what should happen. Yeah. Oh no. Absolutely. The yeah, the, the animal welfare legislation we have in this country is very robust and comprehensive, and the people who say that it's non-existent just aren't paying attention. So like, it's a know, bit that, different in Southern Ireland, isn't it, Tom? Oh, well, yes. <laughs> no, they're, very, they're very lax about things over there because the, the, the Irish don't mind a, a bit of crack. So, <laughs> All my Irish friends are really going to hate me for butchering that expression <laughs> with my post-boy English accent. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, fantastic! So, so obviously, once all that happens, your enclosures. How do you even think about sort of like, you know, where to start with a with a big cat enclosure? I wouldn't go anything less than fifteen foot high with a good overhang, or in the case of leopards, just completely covered top. Um, reasonable footings that they can't dig under. Then you also just have to make sure that it's not going to flood because like, well, zoo enclosures, when we've had the weather that we've had recently, it's just unbearable. I've been putting down about a foot of bedding every few days in my animals outdoor paddocks just to, just to make sure that they're dry. It's been unbelievably hard work. Honestly, a foot of bedding. Wow. That's the thing. Just when, when the elements are so turned against you, it's just a constant fight to make sure they're kept clean and dry. But it can be done, and I've done it, so anyone else can. But the it is everything else then after that is just about safety. And I know I'm talking to guys who have experience with venomous reptiles, so you know you know what it's like. But you just have to be on top of it. Paranoia is very healthy when it comes to keeping big cats to the point yeah. where I've actually got out of bed just to make sure I locked the doors on the lion and tiger house so i've done is, that quite a few times this is why i can't keep big cats or even venomous because i've literally gone to work and before i got to work i've changed a water bottle or something and i had to drive 15 minutes back home to check in put the lock on like yeah does my that's a healthy thing to do it's though, though it's, yeah like it's the, the, the analogy that uh, i think works is when when people talk about it like because they don't understand it they think it's like you know unhealthy and superstitious imagine you're treating it like a gun it doesn't matter that it's unloaded you always treat it like it is mm-hmm. yeah. you know because that's, the second you don't is when it goes wrong that's that's an interesting one you mentioned the word gun so in my head right you've got this animal who could cause a lot of damage if it was to get out into public and it was to freak out so to speak 
So do you have any form of safety? Because I know in certain zoos and whatnot, they do have firearms and stuff. Do you have to have that as a member of the public as well? Well, I don't have to have it, but I was advised to get a a firearms certificate by one of our veterinary inspectors. So I did go ahead. Myself and my father have got it. So there's always someone on site all the time who's got the means to do it. But we also have things like catching nets and emergency enclosures and just various protocols we can that we can use that are at our disposal to catch the animals a very good a very very funny one i will say and i saw this on the news while i was working in italy a few years ago a white tiger got out from a different circus not the one i was on and walked down the the street in this um the city in southern italy and the trainer approached it with his with his training canes bamboo canes and he just cued the tiger to lay down and then all of the circus stuff, staff came and built the ring cage around them oh, in the right. street. <laughs> <laughs> and Which so, is quite ingenious, I thought. I thought, I'll remember that. That's quite, uh, that's quite good. I suppose it's different if, if, if you come up against one of your animals that's escaped, you can treat it totally different to somebody who's either, I don't know, a firearms officer who goes, I've got no experience, and, and, and or he's trying to protect the public, um, where you'd probably go, yeah, I know this one, this is fine, and, and, and shout at it a little bit and <laughs> give its head a scratch. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I've looked through your pictures. You've got one which is your current profile picture, and you're standing next to this absolutely ginormous lion. I've seen another one where you're being licked in the face by it. Um, so, obviously, it's... Um, individual animals have individual characteristics but are you literally that hands-on with your animals as well yeah especially with the the one boy in the pictures you said about his name is savo and he's amazing yeah he's exceptionally good he and his brother same age and as you say it's like you know different individual animals different temperaments different characters and this definitely applies to them they could not be more different as brothers from the same litter so I don't do as much with Asagai as I do with Savo. Like Asagai will do the more agile, energetic work. Uh, Savo is—he's quite idle, so he doesn't mind taking his time doing things. But because he's so laid back, the contact work is is his forte. Mm-hmm. And then you can have that with—you can—you do have to pick your animals, but no, you—you you can have that with virtually any species. I would—I would argue okay. it's just about observation. Yeah. Tom, obviously, did you say are they two? They're two brothers. Yeah. And and the one that you've got is it Savo? You've got your your profile picture with. He's got quite a light mane. And I know in lions, in the wild especially, that the more dominant the male comes becomes, the 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 darker his mane seems to be. And and have you noticed that between the two brothers that you've got? Well, no, actually, Savo's mane is darker. It's just from that angle, like the side. Oh, okay. Like the side shot of him and his mane is quite black, but that is that is often attributed to high testosterone levels, which is typically again associated with like confidence and then also aggression. But that can that can vary because my first male line was also black maned and he was he was virtually a puppy in terms right. of temperament. He was everybody's friend. Yeah. 
So but but that but that's fine because because males can be really friendly and be dom you know be the dominant one and I don't know whether dominance and and them being relaxed because they are dominant I, I'm probably talking absolute bullshit here. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good. No, that's a good. Theory, obviously, though. I mean they're, they're confident, so they can relax a little bit. Nothing's a challenge to them. So I, I, if that if you get what I'm saying, I, d- I do get what you're saying, but that's not typically the case with lions because their their lifestyle and their hierarchies revolve around violence so yeah they will will often be quite assertive with their authority so that's he's he's salvo you said yeah so so he's obviously he's a cool dude with you he's your friend he allows you to do silly things that you probably shouldn't do and i'd definitely (laughs) shit my pants if it but if say, (laughs) say for instance i was to come to your facility and I was to go into the enclosure with you, what would happen? Well, he eats two of you a week, so he'd probably be licking his hands. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> this, this, this is never going to happen because I don't like cleaning my underwear that often. So, um, but is, is, it, is he that cool with you because you work with him on a regular basis? Or if he's respected, is he just generally that kind of chilled, if that makes sense? So does he trust no, anyone he... with you? Well, if I'm there and observing and just making sure that everyone's behaving themselves and doing what they're supposed to, the animals are okay. Because I have had people in the enclosure with me throughout the years for various different reasons. And just mostly just for conditioning the animals to be exposed to something else for a a particular media project or the like. So, no, he, he would, you, you'd be safe, providing you did exactly what I said. So if we, Danny, Danny's so if we going paint... for a profile picture question. <laughs> 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 like, this is a question that was, was had to come up at some point, and Hoss beat me to it. So, it. so if we came to your facility and wanted to take stroke a, a lion <laughs> and take a uh, selfie with a lion, like, that could happen. The stroking... The, yeah, the, the lions would be crossing a line to the point where you get to do it only once. Okay. Yeah. If, if you get my joke there. Once, once is fine. <laughs> yeah, am I going to come no, no, away no. like permanently <laughs> no. mauled? Or? No, well, that's that... a different thing. <laughs> that's, that's the thing because they know the difference between someone who knows what they're doing and what they don't. And like, as well with my guys, my two boys, they're not hand-reared, they're mother-reared. So mm. if, like, if I'd hand-reared them, potentially they could be as good with, I, with I would, anyone else as they are with me. But I would, as... I would, I would settle for a tiger. <laughs> no, he, he's going to ask you for a job in a minute. Have you I got couldn't, anything? I couldn't do it. They'd probably see, with my big ginger mane, they'd probably see me as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> what if Reptile and Chill came down for a little visit during these hard times? I mean, you know... Just... You, can't, you can't go out your house for and you, only yeah, for... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, as, as, as long, long as, as we blare... stay two metres away from Tom, we're all right. Oh, yeah, as long as while you're driving down, you blare out Breaking the Law by Judas Priest on the radio, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Social media. While you're at it, just inform the police. Yeah. Um, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. You can expect a visit from me in the next couple of months, definitely. Okay, very good. I look, I look forward to it. Just Where are uh, you? I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not... I'm Shut not up! <laughs> He's winding you up, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, um, he, he's I, I, somewhere I, in the galaxy, Danny. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Tom, you mentioned earlier about <laughs> sort of like you're now using your animals for, uh, whether it's film, but a lot of educational purposes and 
the way that the world's going is probably, you know, some of these big safari parks are probably going to be the last time that certain people are going to, you know, especially the younger lot are going to see these animals. Um, uh, how are you use them? How are you using your animals now to to, to educate people? Uh, primarily, at the moment, yeah, I involve my animals in university students' projects. So whether that's um, whether it's uh, biological or people studying um, ethology, which I realise is a branch a branch of biology, and right. then even just people who want to study journalism or history, if they have a focus on circus they're welcome to come and do that but no I have had university classes come and I'll put on a training show and I will walk through and explain the processes by which I teach my animals and how I try and how I try to utilize their their typical or like their natural behaviors and try to work with that to shape what I'm teaching them okay so, so do you want to talk so about I've that a little that. bit about like how the hell you get a lion to, to sit down and do what it wants and and be trained because that that's like it, it seems really mad doesn't it that you can get this magnificent beast that is um the king of africa so to speak and it listens to some four foot two ginger bloke who lives in ireland for a bit hoss can i just say <laughs> i am very very glad you said king of africa because they're common misconception where people say king of the jungle and they don't live in the jungle <laughs> um, my son corrects everybody they're not king of the jungle they live on the plains of africa <laughs> <laughs> now because like tom and, and no, no offense you're not exactly a, a, a big bloke you know what i mean um but when you walk you're you've got a lot of confidence in your stride as well and you can almost um tell that you are a, a line tamer from the way you hold yourself as well there's a, a certain stance that you have the size of his balls in his leather pants that's, that's, that's what exactly is. what it is when, when, when you think oh my god he's walking like John Wayne it's, it's purely <laughs> he hasn't shit himself put it that way just his testes yeah, are that so big you've, you've got <laughs> this you've got this young lion how do we turn it into this um, well behaved tame uh, animal okay well first things first I'm five foot eleven, so I'm not a little fella. I, I just, <laughs> well, I just you to clear that one up for the listeners. I think let's what Hoss was trying to say was uh, <laughs> compared to a lion. <laughs> well, well, in my defence, he's not as big as I am, and I think I'm like average. No, you're way. not average. You're you're way above average, mate. But anyway, I'm we'll going to I'm gonna you. take that as a compliment. Thank you. I, I, well, I was trying to be nice because I've ribbed you a lot this evening, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no um training the animals uh, like, i don't i to be honest i've never heard of it being done with snakes but i know it's done with monitors and alligators and stuff and i'm guessing you guys are familiar with target training yeah mm -hmm. yeah well t target training for and, and i know i'm talking to a lot of uh, exotics keepers so but i will just say anyway for people who don't know the principle of target training is encouraging animals to associate a target that is on the end of a stick or a cane of any description. They associate the, the target there, contact with that with reward, and on that basis you teach the animals to walk and to follow the target. Mm -hmm. in, in my case, it's just typically a bamboo cane, and it's not a pronounced target like a ball on the end. It is just literally a cane. They mm -hmm. are encouraged because they're also felids, they're members of the cat family, 
they have an instinctive tendency to chase things and you just utilize that where you play with them you will tickle their feet tickle their ears and they will then they'll they'll be fixated on the target which is the end of the cane and they will follow that and you just build that up in steps to the point where they'll walk to wherever you want them to and then you bring the targets down to the ground they'll follow it and lay down you bring the targets up above their heads even just tickle them on the ears a bit and because they're wanting to reach up to grab it it's easier doing that sat down so that's how you teach them to sit down and then the same thing as well jumping just teaching them to climb up onto raised platforms and pedestals and then stepping across to the next pedestal after a while stretching that out so they have to step further stretching out to the point where they have to hop stretching out to the point where they have to jump mm-hmm. and that's basically every the basis of every circus trick you do they involve running sitting laying down rolling over even and jumping and sitting very and it's few. all and it's all learned through target training fundamentally yes yeah, and then so you cool. can also supplement that with with meat i personally try to use meat as little as possible because i would much <laughs> rather have the animals follow my cues because they're paying attention and then I'll reward them with me after the fact. But I only, only use me in exceptional cases where I think it's merited because you can also have a problem with teaching animals that are reliant on meat to get weaning them off it as it were mm-hmm. in the training. We've had the same experience, me and Danny have with Hoss. We've tried to, we've tried to use meat yeah. to tame him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It worked sometimes. Um, but in, in the long run, it just made him a bit more aggressive. He did, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it depends what meat did you use. Did you use horse meat or did you use chicken? Because the lions get worked up over horse we meat. We don't know. We call it kebab meat. But yeah. We, we, we don't really know what's what's did, in it. Did, it's just, did, it's did just someone say, well, did stuff. someone say kebab? While we're on the while we're on the subject of like uh, you, when you said the, you sort of utilise their playful side when they want to you know chase something like like domestic cats do really don't they you know if you get one of those little feathers on you're a stick gonna, you're going to say about them. laser pointer aren't you oh, please, no, no, please, no, no, no 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 that's please, a good that's a good one please but... please say they play with lasers. <laughs> I've never tried it. Um, oh, can you try, try it. it if it works? <laughs> if it works, right? That is, that's my list now. That's my bucket list. I need to play with a lion. I want to. I do, do want to ask. I do want to ask the silly questions, though, Tom. As well as all the um, as uh, these guys are asking all the good questions, but I want to ask the silly ones. So, um, obviously, you know, when, like, how similar are they to like domestic cats? Because obviously, with my cat, you know, I can play around with her and. Um, sort of mess about with her, sort of push her over, push her around and stuff, and she'll grab me, and it's all good fun. But usually, when it, when I'm stroking her, there's a there's sort of like that one spot she doesn't like, and I'll always get you know gnarled for it. Is that the same with big cats? Like, have you got to really be careful where you, if you're you know having a fun with them, you know, giving them a little, you know, being a bit hands on with them, is is there sort of like do they all have like one place they don't like being touched? Usually, probably their bum hole, I'm sure, but, you know. Yeah, Danny, stop else. touching your cat's bum hole. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's a story here. That, oh, there's so many stories. So, yeah. like, what, what was the guy who first discovered milk doing? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that one of those scenarios? Um, probably probably watching the babies drink milk. Yeah. We'll, we'll, there, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll settle with that one. That works. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, no, um, to be honest with you, I've never found a spot. Like I know if you rub them the wrong way, they don't particularly like it. Yeah. Much like Danny, Danny rubs his chinchilla up the wrong way on a, yeah. on, on a regular <laughs> basis. I don't, I don't That's know what disgusting. I've ever heard. Rubs his chinchilla the wrong way. <laughs> I do as well. Yeah, I do. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I think it's it's um I don't know. It's it's interesting to know that you know you you can stroke this animal for as long as you want, and they're absolutely loving it. <clears throat> and the second you get into the wrong place, they're just like well, fuck you, and they literally turn around and you know try and bite your hand off. But I can imagine with a lion, that's pretty horrendous. Well, yeah, there's, there's well, no yeah, there's no trying to, to bite your hand off. It is going to bite no, your hand yeah. off. No, yeah. Well, it looks like it looks like your lions would bite your head off, let alone. <laughs> Oh, they've got the potential to. It's a, like I said, I've never found that particular spot they don't like. Granted, I've never I've never tried touching them around the uh, around the nether regions, and I'm not. I feel to... I feel like that's a really anticlimactic answer. He's, Game he's, off. Um, we are we are coming up to um, well, an hour and twenty minutes. Oh, don't now. even go there. No, so I I, nah. I want to ask. No one cares. No, we, we're going to carry this on. No, we've had no interesting stories yet. I'm no, trying yeah. to get I'm, I'm out of him there. that I'm he's been there. mauled and that but, he's. Touched something he shouldn't have done and been mauled. Right. But he's just not let. He's just not letting us have it. Is okay. He? So the first thing I want to ask you, and I hope I'm going to get the reaction. I think I'm going to get. Um, going to have you problem. watched? Um, what's it called now? Um, Tiger King. Oh. Yes. I'm up to episode three. I finished that last night. Right. Okay. So, so I'm on episode I'm, I'm two. At the moment. Over... Oh, you'll love episode three. Watch the whole thing. It's pretty. It's pretty what mental. I'm talking about. Tiger uh, King on Netflix. It's, oh, okay. It's, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, it just, it, just get on it. it it's, it's about, about probably the most eccentric exotics keepers in America and their war against the, Each other. Um, the well, the, the, the sanctuaries. The, they mm. call them the scamtuaries, and they are, they are, they are basically scams where <laughs> they just play a game of my captivity is better than your captivity. Mm. But yeah, they've basically picked. The, the most insane group of people they can for this documentary and the story just gets more insane as it goes because I'm aware of the whole story involving the subjects in the documentary even though I've not finished it but yeah it's so far it's it's entertaining to say the very least mm-hmm. okay so from my I know literally nothing I know what a lion looks like and I know not to poke one um so from I want to poke one from what the um film <laughs> Or the documentary states, and what you can see, what how how is their husbandry and how they're keeping the, the welfare side of things? In your opinion, well, um, I'll be honest with you, I was really surprised at the quality, or rather the, the poor quality of the enclosures at Big Cat Rescue, which is it's probably the most famous lion and tiger sanctuary in the world. So is that Joe's um, or is that Carol's? No, that's Carol's. Carol's. That's Carol's. She's, so, she's uh, the I... anti-captivity advocate. She's the former breeder and dealer who suddenly turned anti-captivity. I yeah, but I, I've I've got a I've got a couple of people on Facebook that have visited all of the sanctuaries, and they will all all tell you that Joe's is by far the best, and hers was gnarly, not 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 good at all. It made you feel sad walking around it. Um, but she, but her, it was her husband. That started it up, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. The, you mean? Well, I don't really want to go too much into that for the people who haven't watched it because it's a massive ah, spoiler spoilers. About, about her husband. We have to be careful with that. Remember. Oh. Mm. Anyone who hasn't seen Tiger King yet, if we if we re- reveal that detail, 
It was surely everyone really... knows that bit. Well, I don't Is know. Is that not like a well-known thing? Because well, I knew that I, way before. He's, he's, oh, I haven't even watched it. I'm guessing he, he's dead. Well, <laughs> well, <that's> a, no. <laughs> you, you can guess that all you want, Mike. Yeah. He's, is Joe still in prison? As far as I know, he is. Yeah, like um, there is. And again, I, I, I really want to be careful spoiling it, but uh, no. As far as I know, he is. And like back to the point about husbandry. The one thing I'll say about Joe, because <laughs> he actually became known in the UK when he did a Louis Theroux special and he mm-hmm. was probably the most open and transparent of all yeah. the exotics keepers in America that Louis met. Mm-hmm. So hats off to Joe for that. But Joe is a very eccentric character who... Just just a bit. Yeah, he's been Louis, he's Louis, what he does. But if you haven't seen the Louis Theroux um, episode or whatever on, on that, that, watch it. It's, really, it's actually quite good. And Joe it, did come it, across quite well, to be fair. Is that where they do surveillance and people illegally moving no, big no. cats? No, no, no Louis Theroux is the one. He, he just asks sort of all the questions that nobody else does, and he demands an answer. You know oh, I, mean? I know who I know who Louis is. I, I, I didn't know. Honest to God, Mike, watch. it's your homework for tomorrow to start watching it. It <laughs> is watch amazing. Time watch Louis yeah, yeah, it's, right, it is yeah. a good. I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen like you know a fair bit of it now, and it's it is good. No, there's um, back back to the point about husbandry though in those facilities. <sighs> There's a couple of things that uh, people did uh, that, I, that I thought weren't very good. Certain things I definitely wouldn't do in terms of things with the Cubs that I would I would consider to be bad practice. Yes, and I, know, I know what you're saying now. A lot of the other stuff is just generally sort of, it's it's not necessarily bad practice towards the animals, but just probably bad optics. But then I think that's more of a cultural thing than anything else because, and I don't mean this as an insult, to to Americans, but I think they like everything to be loud and bombastic and boastful, because that's like you know they have a president who's like that. But um, like the difference between presentation and welfare needs to be recognised. So I think that's what a lot of people take issue with is the presentation of people like Joe and then also Doc Anton and to to a, to some extent Carol who, like I said, my biggest problem with her, aside from the ideological strings attached to everything she does, is just how she's raking in so much money through donations, which she admits in the documentary, but her enclosures wouldn't, I wouldn't consider to be of an acceptable standard. Yeah. Can can we talk about enclosures? Because I, uh, a lot of people go on about sort of like the room that certain animals need. And I know talking to Adrad about sort of like them having a Komodo now, um, uh, it's, it's more about, I think, stimulation and enrichment than, than enclosure, vast enclosure size. You know, you could have a bored animal in a big enclosure, but uh, an animal in a smaller enclosure that's got lots of enrichment being interacted with on a daily basis that would be far more happier than the other animal. Completely agree. Yeah, well, I would I would argue that as well. It's uh, like the reality is that zoos and circuses can't provide the space that uh, animals would have in the wild. But the like, the important thing for people to realise, which I know everyone here does, is that animals don't use their natural and wild ranges for leisurely purposes. They use them for survival and they're mm-hmm. kept busy surviving. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a point of reference, male lions on average live nine to 12 years old. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that's their average life expectancy in the wild. I don't think anyone's ever seen a wild male lion over the age of 16. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, that's the oldest recorded male lion. My grandfather in the 60s had a male lion that died when he was 30. Wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're looking at, and the average for lions in human care is living into their 20s but, and, and passing away of old age. My The last tiger I had that passed away, she not long turned 20. They don't but live quite fair, as long as lions. So and to be fair, if you look at how much they, when you say, when you said, you know, they, they move across these vast distances um, for survival, which is so, you know, obviously they move from place to place for, for hunting and obviously if they feel vulnerable, they'll move, blah, blah, blah. So they're all, they're constantly moving like all the time that I, I would say that could possibly play a big part in not, not living so long, not because they have any, you know, predators as such, but you know what? just a constant, you know, can you imagine that getting, getting old and just having to move and walk well, all the time? Do you know, do you know, I, I mean, and, and, and I am, I have no studies on them. Do you know what my thought process is? Stress. Yeah. It is I think I it would be really stressful, stressful either having to protect your pride or losing your pride, especially males, you know, you know, they, they have a lot to live up for. And Tom, you might tell me something totally different, but in the wild, it must be extremely stressful for a, for a male lion. But physically as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Getting to a certain age and, and having to put that stress on your body yeah. for survival. You know, he, the, the, second, the second that animal wants to relax and say, oh, oh, I'm tired, I need to sit down, they can't. They've got to keep going, keep pushing. That, that, yeah. No, guys, that's that's absolutely right. Like in terms of whether or not lions can conceptualize their their situation and how bad things may have gone for them, like you know, that's that's up in the air. But no, just the physical stress on its own for male lions whose whose lifestyle revolves around protecting their pride from competitors and then also taking on quite dangerous prey mm-hmm. and then also having to, like you know, a lot of lions. Um, fall victim to tuberculosis, so tropical disease, competitors, and then also prey that can kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, a lion's life in the wild is not easy. Where uh, and, the, and, and similar for tigers, and similar for leopards and jaguars, similar for most, most wild animals, most predators, and, and then prey as well, because they have to watch out for the predators. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's something I've said about reptiles, a million times and I and I still stand by it and I think it's so fucking true I don't know who told me but it's stuck with me ever since but they said <clears throat> just because a reptile does it in the wild doesn't mean it wants to yeah <clears throat> does that make sense like oh, just because just because just because overall python lives in termite mouths doesn't mean it wants to <laughs> it utilizes it just utilizes it because it's there does just because a lion moves 300 miles over three or four days doesn't mean it wants to that's like that's like saying just because a poor person in africa drinks out the river he doesn't want to if he'd had a running tap he would absolutely take the water out the running tap yeah i mean i don't i don't condone keeping um you you know africans in enclosures that's a touchy (laughs) subject that is we can't we can't go into that I didn't mean it like that, as you well know. <laughs> okay, so before we start closing down the show, because we, we are going to have to be a little bit conscious of time. Oh, I'm enjoying it too I'm much. Out, don't I, do I am. Um, oh. Keeping big cats um, is full of 
I'm guessing there's a lot of positives, but there's also a lot of negatives. Um, it's a very dangerous thing, and there's a potential of a lot of things to happen. Have you ever had any accidents or slip-ups with any of your exotics? The, the worst I've really had with my animals, like, in terms of what could have gone really badly, was I was working in... Derry in Northern Ireland or London Derry, depending on your listeners, because that's also political. But yeah. um, the, something had happened with the timer on the generator. So in the middle of my act, the lights went out, and it was with the animals I have now. They were in the in the arena with me, and that could have, let, you know, I was completely at their mercy then because it was a dark night. I was in a big top, but there was still enough ambient light for them to be able to see me. Whereas I, all I could do was wait for my eyes to adjust to the darkness. And after the, what felt like the better part of three, four minutes, probably two minutes, <laughs> um, just, just waiting and trying to listen, the lights come on and all the animals were where I'd left them. They oh. hadn't done anything. They weren't even looking at me. So that was, that was the worst. It was like, a you know, change, the, change your underwear moment. Well, to be fair, I couldn't hear anything, any movement. So I was, I, I, I was fairly confident that my that the animals weren't doing anything. But aside from it, like, in terms of like you know physical, like we'll we'll call them brushes. I've had the animals fall on me. I've been headbutted. I've uh, I've even been slapped by one once. So mm. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> slap. I would say that's probably worse than being headbutted by one. If you got a proper slap off it, <laughs> off it, especially off it. A tiger, a tiger, like, and give take, you a right that's like take, slap. That's like taking a right hook off Ali. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and even even more so. It's, it's just the sort of the the the, um, the the lack of dignity in that treatment. That was the it was the bruised ego that hurt more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thomas, uh-huh. I don't know if you guys have asked this earlier, but because I went for a wee, but um, do you still do circus work or no? When when the work comes up, yes, uh, mm-hmm. as I said at the beginning of the show, I did actually turn down a contract in Italy because of my mum's passing. So I, like that was something that was offered to me, and I would have taken it. But then, if uh, like, if work timing. is offered, if uh, yeah, un- mm. just unfortunate timing. But if I, <laughs> you know, it, when more work is offered, whether it's this winter, pr- provided the coronavirus has passed at that point, or mm. any other time, I will take it because. The, like, I, in my own judgment, feel there's nothing wrong with working animals in a circus. Mm-hmm. And I said all the all the people I know, like the vets, the uh, biologists, the uh, anybody with any understanding of animals who's actually come and seen the way these animals are treated, they've not said anything to me that suggests I shouldn't do it. And mm-hmm. just on that level, I believe in what I do, so yeah. I will always do it. When, yeah, we. we well, I mean, I have a we have a circus that comes around once a year. Um, they don't have lions, but they have, you know, a few bits and pieces, and they they all seem like they're treated really well. To be fair, I well, think I think is... you've been put in bad light by a numerous sort of like circuses <laughs> over the years. Not so much nowadays. Same as zoos. Everybody used to say, "Oh, zoos," but they don't realise, you know, especially nowadays, the amount of conservation work that they're doing. They're and, all there and the, for a reason. Yeah, and the way that the animals are looked after now is totally different, but those images stick in people's minds when they see you know a big cat in a small cage that's pacing up and down um it, it does with me um and i'm sure it does with with even yourself tom when you see images like that 
uh, and and that's not the case necessarily. Yeah, you've you've only got to look at Doctor Doodle as well, and films like that with <laughs> with, with the uh, the tiger in that silly, I don't know, I don't know, cage on wheels thing. Mm. Um, you know, obviously that's probably not how they're kept at all. Um, but you get that in your mind, and that's what sticks in that you know circus tigers in a small cage being transported. That's not fair, and it's just it's just being not 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 thinking, is it? We all transport our animals in small cages when we're transporting them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the safer way to transport animals. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so they're rattling around a huge, you know, yeah. <laughs> the further they can fall, the worse, is, the worse it is for them, really. Yeah, yeah, well, you guys as reptile keepers know about the yeah, about what you have to do to transport animals safely. So tubs, you, you, you apply very similar principles to travelling to traveling big cats. Obviously, you don't have to restrain them. No. But it is just a matter of transporting them, transporting them in a safe and measured way. It's the same but, as horses, isn't it? You know, they're they're pretty much um, uh, their horse boxes are usually designed for their exact size, aren't they? Um, well, yeah, yeah, so, movable petitions, and you have to have petitions in a horse box by law. So yeah, that's, yeah. It. No, that's it. Is there's just a lot of good practice which runs contrary to the propaganda you get with animal rights groups and the stuff they mm-hmm, say and, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is just pure fiction mm-hmm. and that is and that is the problem but because they, they you know they, they they appeal to people's to people's emotions and to their yeah. you know to their to their soft side like i had yeah. i had one say to me outside the outside the show we had in wales a few years ago and she she was she was being quite sermonizing at points so i just stopped her and i said well, can i ask you what you know about these animals and she looked me straight in the face without any irony and just said I have a heart and it's like well that doesn't mean anything at all I could argue that, that the most conscientious and compassionate people on earth are anti-vaxxers that doesn't mean that they're making the right call by their children mm-hmm. yeah you know that, that's the that's the that's the argument I would make to that like you know no one cares more about their children than people who are scared of vaccines but it doesn't yeah. mean they're making the right decision yeah hundred percent you, you cannot like you should not substitute knowledge for passion mm-hmm. passion yeah. should always supplement knowledge that is that is my attitude it is what it. it boils down to and a lot of the aunties are just uneducated yeah but they're, yeah they're, 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 but i think tom said you've got very very educated people uh and then you've got people that have just got a heart and don't actually realize what they're that they haven't got the education about the animal well, the, yeah there's, there's a difference between being educated and having common sense as well isn't there and being able to take something in for what it is absolutely um, but yeah um i think we've got one time for one last round of questions um if there's any big cat that you um that you haven't kept before is there anything that you would like to work with? Black so, oh. uh, the, the the most realistic one would be leopards, mm. but the like a fantasy would be snow leopards. Ah, oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I was talking to somebody the other day who said about photography and filmmaking and said, oh, you know, you take some great pictures. And I went, you don't know the half of it, what these guys go for. They might go for months and months and months before they even spot a snow leopard. Mm-hmm. It, oh, absolutely. In, in, in sort of like places like Nepal and places like that. And then and then, then they've got to film it. <laughs> it's, it's 
Yeah. Um, they are incredible animals. This is, it's, it's half the reason why, you know, documentaries like Planet Earth take seven years to make. You know, it's all because of getting that footage and waiting around, sitting around yeah. for days, sometimes weeks on end, catching nothing. Absolutely zilch. And even when they do, Danny, we, we've spoke to people recording. Good. Yeah, they've recorded for eight hours and they've got 30 seconds worth of footage yeah, out of that yeah. eight hours. Yeah, that's that's why a lot, you know, when, you know, the whole thing came out. Oh, you know, the BBC used CGI in Planet Earth. Well, of course they do. Because yeah. sometimes a shot isn't quite perfect. There's a tree in the wrong place. So they're going to get rid of that tree. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's things like that. It's not, they haven't CGI'd animals in places. They've just touched things up. Like stop being yeah. an absolute prude. <laughs> you yeah. know, if if they've got half an hour's worth of uh, film that is good, but it turns out that they can only use one minute of it because something's in the way, they're going to get that out of the way, aren't they? They're going to. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And if I can, before I let you guys go, off, a fact on snow leopards that I think is quite interesting and relevant is that one of the earliest keepers to successfully breed snow leopards in the UK was a member of the Fawcett Circus family. Mm -hmm. Snow leopards before zoos had an established breeding program. So that those, those animals was was comfortable enough to breed in in that uh, in that scenario. So there was obviously being looked after. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the, the 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 ability to to breed and to socialise and then also to eat healthy. Those are all markers of high welfare. Mm -hmm. There's an there's an argument in the reptile world that um, uh, um, breeding reproduction is just um, you know an, an instinctive thing, um, and that most snakes, for for example, will um, reproduce even in the worst conditions because it's ingrained in them into them to do it. Um, is that does that kind of go the same for mammals, or do you feel that uh, cats, you know, for for example, need um, the perfect lifestyle to breed. Well, no, I, w I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say that. Uh, like, yes, like you know, the the the, the urge to, to mate and, and to subsequently breed. But yes, that is an in instinct that is inherent in virtually all animals. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I would I would contend personally that animals that are under under quite bad conditions, kept under bad conditions, subject to considerable amounts of mental and physical stress wouldn't be inclined to breed because that actually takes up a significant amount of energy mm -hmm. like big cats they will make 20 to 30 times a day over like you know a week-long period mm -hmm. like that's a lot of time and effort put in and if, if these animals are aware that they're in a bad situation mm -hmm. and they can anticipate something bad coming then mm -hmm. they're not going to be focusing on that necessarily so no i wouldn't I wouldn't contend with that. And then again, if uh, if animals are being mistreated, especially to the point where their behaviour had been modified for, like, you know, for, for the worst, mm -hmm. they would then also be inclined to either neglect or kill their cubs. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and it doesn't take much for lions or tigers to kill their cubs anyway, because this is something that you see in the wild. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's more of a natural thing to happen. Yeah. So it says it does say a lot for, you know, the zoos and people such as, you know, yourselves or circuses that are breeding their animals and do a good job with them. You know, you usually know that the animals are being treated pretty well. 
yeah, that's that, that, that's the argument I would make anyway. You'll, there's bound to be someone who would disagree with that, but I would I would still disagree with them even further. Yeah, I think there's arguments for and against everything, really, isn't there? Which is, you know, um, it's always going to happen, isn't it? But um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I can't see, especially you know, large cats, for example, if they're being ill-treated, um, you know, wanting to mate in the first place. You know, as you say, it takes up a lot of energy, stress. Um, things like that, you know, if they're stressed already. Um, yeah, there's, prob- there's probably an underlying instinct that they don't want to bring new life into that environment as well. Yeah, no, I don't say it. No, no, right. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what you guys are saying, and I've had this rustling in the background, I've turned around, and for the first time in Keeping Reptiles, I've just witnessed a snake starting shedding when they physically take it off that, those oh, front Rubbing the face. From yeah. the start. I've never, ever witnessed that. Where have you been? Start. I've not, I've well, just, it's, it's, it's relatively new to the hobby, Dan. Well, no, yeah, no, I've, I've walked in where it's been like halfway, you know, doing it, but I've never seen it from the actual yeah. start. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, mate. Every day is a school day. Yeah, um, I've got uh, uh, my. Oh, I say last question. I have got another one. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm looking at uh, your mum was a very attractive lady. Can I say, Tom? And I'm looking. Oh, mate, mate, mate. Honestly, um, <laughs> uh, come on. She's absolutely know, stunning. She's 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 a redhead as well. So, you I know. Yeah, she's my, stunning. But my mum's blonde, mate. Oh, okay. It must be the lights then that was that was just on, on this one picture <laughs> that I'm looking at. But um, she's walking down some steps, and she's got by the looks of it, I can't remember. I can't see if it's a bur. I think it's a Burmese. It'll, be, it'll likely be a Burmese. That's yeah. typically what my parents kept. Yeah. Um. Uh, so so was it your mum that was sort of like into the 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 the, the snakes more than, than than your dad, or or was it? through your dad that your mom got into into reptiles no i think it was through my dad that my mom got into the into the snakes and then they also had alligators and monitors as well my mom was always big into horses that was her thing she okay. had with horses but she liked working with all animals she was she wasn't particularly frightened of of any of the animals she would handle virtually anything Incredible, and I mean, I've seen those pictures of them, and they're working with leopards, and 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 oh god, so many different animals. But you can see in every single picture of your mom, she, she is in love with that animal. Oh no, that was my my mom was very much like that. She when they would be if they were bottle feeding cubs and keeping them indoors with them, say if like like. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is with our tigers that my father had and my mum had, they used to breed them quite extensively and they would have large litters like yeah. on, on average four and five a time. And it would happen so common that there would be times when my mum and dad would take cubs to basically reduce the yeah, the strain on, on the mum. So they would do that. But then my mum w- would be bottle feeding the cubs up to the point where they'd be bigger than a Rottweiler, I know that, because <laughs> she just wouldn't have them go back out to be with the other animals because she wanted to be, you know, she wanted them to be inside with her. So that was that was my mum's my mum's vice really that she couldn't let go. 
Yeah, oh, mate, what a fantastic lady. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the photos are fascinating. Tom, I don't know if you could do this, but is there any way that you could put some of these top photos of, of your mom on our Reptile and Chill community group? Because there's so many pictures, uh, an absolute extraordinary lady, and some of the photos are absolutely mind-blowing. They're, 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 they're fascinating um, it'd be lovely if some of our listeners could, listeners could click and uh, who are possibly not friends with you on Facebook um, and, and have a look at them because you can absolutely see the passion oozing through most of photos. Yeah, mate, I'll do that um, once I've finished with you guys. That's no problem at all. Thank you. And I suppose awesome. on that note, I suppose it's time to wrap up, isn't it? Yeah, I think your mum would be proud of you, Tom. That's Thank the last you, thing I'm going to say. Definitely, all the work that you've done, your mannerisms, the way you come across, how professional you are as well, and the respect that you've got for the animals. It's just, uh, you're, you're a top bloke, dude. Um, yeah. So, I think that's about it for this week, guys. So, Tom, thanks for coming on to the show. We do really appreciate you, you know, spending your time. Actually, you know, aside that, you had nothing better to do. We're all locked down. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you weren't going out for a, a meal or anything like that or whatever. You were going to sit there and watch just crap on TV. So I did have to check my schedule just to make sure I was free. Yeah, you just wanted to <laughs> fuck with me. Do you know what was lovely, Danny? Did you notice Hoss didn't go, oh, I've got to get up early in the morning. We're going to have you to wrap know, things up. This, this is the first episode of Reptile and Chill where I haven't had to get up and go to work at stupid o'clock in the morning the following day. The oh, first. Man. The first. I've got to get up. I don't care about you. Have you, mate? Um, I do, Danny. As you know, I've got I've got to get up for work. Oh, so weird. Right. I have. Anyway, I've got so work tomorrow. That is about it for this week. If you do want to help support our podcast, then please head on over to reptileandchill.com and look at our hoodies and t-shirts, pillows, and everything else. And yeah. oh, check out the flags. Those those banners. Oh, I was bought in one. I'm coming to stroke your cats again. <laughs> <laughs> stop stop talking about playing with Tom's pussy. Leave it out. Tom. Tom, have you got a favourite? Have I got a favourite? Yeah, Danny, like, say like just say No, Danny. I no, I wasn't on about us three, <laughs> <laughs> you muppy. I what about out of all the animals he works with? Oh, it's a hard call that is. Like my speciality is with the big cats and I've probably had the the best animals I've ever had have been lions. So, based on those parameters, I would probably say lions, but that's just down to my circumstances. Yeah, I do uh, like 100%. That's fine. I and, will definitely come and stroke the lions for you, just to take it off your hands for a Just, just, just a five fo- Tom, video it, please, mate, because if he gets mauled, I need that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm inclined. <laughs> Tom's profile picture is that good. I'm, impl- I'm inclined to Photoshop my head on top of... <laughs> Tom's body in Phelps, that one. Phelps, with that beard, you could Photoshop your head onto the lion, and it would and it would work. It would look relevant. You know, you know what? That that will be done tomorrow. I will do that for you. Sweet. Right. So anyway, guys, please can we go and visit? Oh God, we used to go because you get asking for as a job. Soon, as soon as soon as we're out of this mess, mate, we'll uh, we'll yes. take you out. It's okay. a it's a date, yes, Tom. Yeah, cool. Once once yes. we're all out of quarantine and non infectious. Yeah, Danny, uh Hoss, could yes. could 
could you this time i did it last time could you fill in all the paperwork for uh norfolk border control to get yeah. danny out no worries mate no problem <laughs> thanks, thanks thanks mate guys. Well, thanks, okay. guys. so if you want to follow us on our social networking that is facebook instagram twitter and youtube at the handle of reptile and chill and if you want to get involved in our community group that is on facebook at reptile and chill community group again it's a bit of a hub at the moment there's a lot of conversation going on there and especially because we're all locked down there's people posting up all the things that they're getting up to and obviously and we 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 believe sorry Hoss, we believe that reptile and chill is really good for your sanity so if you can if you can share our podcast stop fucking laughing <laughs> share our podcast everywhere and I, I don't mean like everywhere share it all over the shop like twitter fuck twitter uh instagram just share everything everything you possibly five star ratings if you don't get in the fucking sea um and yeah just just help it's it's, it's like it's just doing the right thing you know help people out this is a crazy time people are going insane let's just try and keep some sanity in the world definitely hey if i could print off 120 letters and post them around the streets just to keep the old people happy, the least thing you can do as listeners is share us about a little yeah, bit. Click, yeah, yeah. The click of a finger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah also as well, <laughs> on our Wednesday live streams as well, if you're getting up to anything in particular during this lockdown or you want to come on and share your animals or do whatever, then just get in touch with us because we are interested in getting to know. God, can we get can we get Tom on it? Can we get Tom on the live show? Oh no, because I want to go and see him for myself. <laughs> no, we're going to wait till you're there. Then we're going live, and he's yes. going to feed you. We to will the... do. Yeah, that would be amazing. Also, can um, I think uh, if anyone wants to come on the live show, um, just to talk about what they are doing during this whole lockdown thing, even if it's just you know, are you having like a mass? reptile room move around or you know that that move around that you've been wanting to do for the last six years or do you know what i mean you know little things like that you know come on and talk about it while we're in crazy lockdown world yeah that'd be good and video yourselves doing some stuff uh luke dent sent me some pictures the other day of him turning sort of like an old cabinet into a vivarium Mm-hmm. video yourself doing that type of stuff and, and we'll put it up because it's really interesting. Cost mm-hmm. him 10 quid well, for a definitely. 300 quid. Well, okay. Anything so, else from you, Danny? From me? Yeah. No, I've said enough tonight. Okay, so there is only... Tom, 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 any, Tom any... stop hissing. Sorry. Hissing, stop hissing, Tom. Stop pissing. I mean, hissing. <laughs> Tom, can you get one of your lions to roar at us? I was actually, I've been outside the whole night in the cold, hoping one of them was that cold. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I, <laughs> actually, I actually thought you was, you was doing that. Obviously, I'm well in tune with you and your animals, so uh, I knew you was doing that. <laughs> last night, you would have heard them, mate. Tonight, they're dead quiet. Oh, right, anyway, so there's, there's only one last thing to say. No, Love you, bye. No, no, t- Thomas Chipperfield. Tom. Yeah. I love you. Love you too, man. <laughs> love you, Tom. Take care. Good, good night. Bye.